0: How many of you have ever had heartburn? It's not a pleasant thing, is it? Kind of wonder, am I having a heart attack or what is it? Well, today I'm praying that you will have heartburn. Uh, spiritual heartburn. <laughs> and we find that in Luke chapter 24. It's the familiar story of the two on the road to Emmaus. I well, going to begin reading at verse 25 of Luke 24. And we read in Jesus' name. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. They approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight." Then they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the the eleven and those who were with them, saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road And how he recognized them, or how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you would take now this word that you have given to us, open it to us, explain it to us. And Father, as these two men experienced that day, their hearts burning within them. Oh God, give us that burning heart today. A heart that longs to know you and to make you known, Father, to a world that so desperately needs to hear. Father, give us burning hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever left a worship service saying to yourself, That message was written exactly for me. Had that experience before? Isn't that wonderful when you know that God has really spoken to you from His Word, that He's challenged you, He's encouraged you in some way? Uh, Maybe you think, perhaps, that the preacher's been talking to your family, finding out uh, what it is that you need to hear. Well, that's not I don't think that happens very often. What it is, though, is the Holy Spirit is taking God's Word, He is opening it up to you, and then applying it to your life. And it is a wonderful thing when we can say, Lord, that message was just for me. My heart was burning. You touched me today through your word that you gave me. That's what Jesus did with these two men on the road to Emmaus. They were burdened. They were discouraged. They were frustrated. They were hopeless. And Jesus took the word, the Old Testament scriptures, and he explained to them all that it said about what would happen to him. And that was their testimony. They said, weren't our hearts burning <laughs> when He proclaimed to us the truth of His Word? There are three lessons we learn about our relationship to God's Word in Luke chapter 24. The first thing we notice is that our hearts are burdened when we doubt God's Word. Jesus met these two men on the road to Emmaus and they were describing all the, discussing all the events that had happened And Jesus comes along with them and and, and he asks them what's going on in their life. Look at verse 14. They were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. That was, of course, the the crucifixion and the burial and, and then the resurrection of Jesus. And then Jesus comes up, verse 15. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. There was confusion here on the part of these men. The, the word discussing in verse 15 gives us the picture of those who were trying to come to grips with what had happened. The word carries the idea of debating with one another. I like what Warren Wiersbe describes it. He says that it, is, well, it was an animated, heated conversation. And he goes on to say, No doubt they were quoting various Old Testament prophecies and trying to remember what Jesus had taught, but they were unable to put it all together and come up with an explanation that made sense. Was he a failure or a success? Why did he have to die? Was there a future for the nation? So you can imagine what was going on in this conversation as they're wondering, how does this all fit together? We just don't understand it. We just don't get it. Things look so good and then they seem to turn out so bad. Confusion about what the ministry of Jesus was all about. And besides confusion, there was also a sense of of hopelessness in these men. I chuckle to myself as I read what Jesus did with these men. He comes along with them and and they didn't know who it was. Verse 16, their eyes were prevented from recognizing Him. And He said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking along? What are you guys talking about as you as you walk along uh, together? What Jesus was doing here was giving them an opportunity to verbalize all that they were experiencing. The confusion, the, the hopelessness, this whole idea that finally the, the Messiah has come. Finally, he's, he's going to redeem Israel. And then their plans just, just went to nothing. And they're, they're wondering. And so Jesus says, what, what, what is it you've been talking about? And they did exactly what he wanted them to do. They, they basically uh, verbalized their, their hopelessness. Verse 18 says, one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things that have happened here in these days? Jesus, are you the only one that doesn't know what's going on here? Isn't that ironic? And so they explained, here was this Jesus, this Man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, the chief priests and our elders delivered Him to the sentence of death and crucified Him. And then they said in verse 21, but we were hoping, we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. We thought He was the One. But all of our plans and all of our hopes came dashing to the ground. We were hoping That he was going to be the one. If you look at what they said about Jesus, you really can't find anything wrong with it. He was clearly a prophet. He was mighty in word and deed in the sight of God and all the people. But the problem here is that it was an incomplete understanding of Jesus. They didn't fully grasp who he was and why he came. And so Jesus tells them so. In verse 25, kind of a mild rebuke, he says, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then to enter into His glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the scriptures you see these two men had part of the story they had part of the story but there was more and there were at least two problems in their understanding of scripture for one thing they didn't fully understand what it means to be redeemed they had said we thought that he was going to be the one that was going to redeem Israel but their view of redemption really wasn't accurate because what was their view of redemption They thought that this Messiah was going to come and He was going to deliver them from Rome. He was going to set the people of Israel free and it would bring them back to the glory days when David was king. They they saw it as a political salvation. This king, this this miracle worker, this one who could walk on water and, and feed the multitude. Finally, He's the one now that would redeem us. But it wasn't the kind of redemption that God had, was going to give them in Christ. And so the death of the Messiah, it didn't fit. How could he be this reigning king if he died? All their hopes were gone. Another problem is that they only believed part of what the Scriptures said about Jesus. In verse 25, Jesus said that they were slow of heart, to believe in, and notice this, all. To believe in all that the prophets have spoken. They believed in a reigning king. They believed that he would come and set them free from Rome. And after all the miracles they saw, they figured he was the one. But then he died. What they failed to believe were all the places in the Old Testament where Jesus is described as the suffering serpent. Somehow they missed the cross. So Jesus had to tell them that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer before he entered glory. And you know what's interesting about it? If you look at verse 27, this was not some obscure teaching that Jesus would suffer and enter into glory because it permeated all of the Old Testament. Look what Jesus said. Or the word Luke says, Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the Scriptures. So what is Luke saying? He's saying that this whole concept of a suffering servant and a reigning king together was filled with Scripture. It was was in all of the Scriptures. Moses, the prophets, it was all there. Clearly. It was there. I've often wondered what that Bible study was like. Can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus? And there He is taking the the, the prophecies of the Old Testament and showing how they were fulfilled in Christ. Starting with Moses. Starting right in the book of Genesis. Probably starting in Genesis 3.15 which was the first promise of a Savior. Remember that one? He would crush the head of of the serpent. There would be victory. God would win the victory. How about the Passover? Do you think Jesus talked about the Passover? How that Lamb pointed to the coming of the Lamb of God? Do you think He talked about Psalm 22? psalm that pictures Christ on the cross? How about Isaiah 53? That very clear passage pointing to, to what He had done. It must have been wonderful sit there and to have Jesus take the Scriptures right from Genesis all the way through and point to what He had come to do. No wonder their hearts were burning. <laughs> their hearts were burning. You know, these men had just celebrated the Passover. Right? Just a few days before that. That one great event that pointed so clearly to Jesus. This lamb that had to be slain. And then the blood that had to be applied to the doorposts. But Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on that night of Passover. And yet it's just like it went in one ear and out the other. They just didn't get it. Until Jesus opened the Scriptures to them. And He explained to them what He had come to do. You see, they were burdened. Because they didn't believe all that God had spoken. Oh, foolish men, He says, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. If you examine this whole chapter, that, that's really the message of the chapter that Luke is, is conveying here. I'll go back to, to verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And then, that, remember what the angel said? He said, Remember how he spoke to you. Remember what He said. Remember His Word, saying, The Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He'll be crucified. The third day He will rise, he'll rise again. And then verse 8 says, And they remembered His Word. Why were they there to anoint a dead body? Because they didn't remember His Word. Why were they doubting that Jesus would rise again? Because they didn't remember His Word. That's why they were burdened. Find the same thing after this text in verses 36 to 46. Jesus comes to the disciples and he reveals himself to them. He says, why are you troubled? Verse 38. Why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands and my feet. It's me. Touch me and see. And then at the end of that section, verse 44, he said, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all the things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He told them the same thing he told the two on the road to Emmaus. Starting right from the beginning, all of these things must happen. And he said to them, or verse 46, that he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, this: thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. So what's the lesson here? It's the same lesson for us, isn't it? The lesson is that we are burdened when we doubt God's Word. We are burdened when we don't grasp and stand on the promises of God. And there are all kinds of situations we face where that is the case, isn't it? Why am I worried? Why am I burdened? Why am I frustrated? Have I forgotten the promises of God? That's why we're burdened and we lose sight of the truth of God's word. The second lesson we learn, our hearts are burning when we receive God's word. After Jesus finished this Bible study with these men, now verse 28 is kind of interesting because Jesus acts as though he's going to keep on going. He had... Come up to them, walk with them, and, and they were at their destination, and Jesus was acts as if he's going to keep on going. He said, Now wait, 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 wait a minute, don't don't leave us. Verse twenty nine, they urged him, saying, Stay with us. For it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over, so he went to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it he began giving it to them. And verse 31 says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him. Through the breaking of the bread, they recognized Him. And then verse 31 says, And He vanished from their sight. Can you imagine that? All of a sudden, He's no longer there. That's a resurrection body, Right? <laughs> He vanished from their sight. Now, if you had been one of these men, what would it be that amazed you? What would you be talking about as you visited with your friends? Would it be that he vanished from your sight? Would that be the first thing you should have seen what happened? We were walking along. This guy comes along and he breaks bread and, and we realize it was Jesus. And all of a sudden, boom, he was gone. I think that's what some would be saying, right? Man, that was amazing. What a miracle. He just vanished from our sight. But notice what it was that these men talked about. Verse 32 tells us, They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us? While He was speaking to us on the road, while He was explaining to us the Scriptures... They weren't moved by the miraculous sign of Jesus vanishing from their sight. They were moved by the wonderful time that they had in God's Word. They said their hearts were burning when Jesus explained the Scriptures to them. That's what moved them. That's what impressed them. Not this miraculous sign when Jesus vanished. What moved them was the experience of God's Word. Were not our hearts burning when He opened the Scriptures to us? Isn't that the kind of heartburn we need today? (laughs) Our hearts are burning because God's Word is doing its work in us of transforming us and giving us hope and joy and peace. That's the kind of heartburn we need. That's why I said I'm praying that you'll have heartburn today. That God will open His Word to you in such a way that you will say, what? I needed that. My heart was burning as God's Word was shared today. You know, there are some people who think that what people need in order to believe in Jesus is some sign, some miracle. But if you look at Scripture, that's not what we find, is it? Remember the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man died and was in torment. And he he says to Abraham, he said, Send back someone from the dead to warn my five brothers. Thinking that if someone comes back from the dead, then, then they'll believe. And what was Jesus' answer? He said, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe the word of God, they will not believe even if someone comes back from the dead. What is Jesus teaching there? We don't need signs and wonders. We need God's Word because that's what changes lives. That's the means of grace that God uses to bring about conviction of sin and to point us to Jesus. Our hearts were burning when He opened the Scriptures to us. Has the Word of God done its work in your heart? Do you know what it means to have a burning heart? Where God has taken that Word, applied it to your life, and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You have that living relationship with Him. You are walking in fellowship with Him each day, spending time in His Word, and God is doing that work of transformation in your life. That's what we need today. Not another miracle, not another sign so that people believe we have the truth. God's word. Our hearts are burning when we receive his word. And the third thing we notice is this, our hearts are bursting. Bursting with joy when we when we share God's word. Notice when these two men were convinced by God's word that Jesus had to suffer and rise again. It really changed their lives. It wasn't just an emotional feeling that they went through. Oh man, you know, we just got this tickle in our stomach and our hearts are burning. Oh, it was so wonderful. And then they leave and no no change. It, It transformed their lives. It wasn't just an emotional feeling that left as fast as it came. But God's plan of salvation had become clear to them and they were compelled to share it. Look at verse 33. It says, They got up that very hour... And they returned to Jerusalem. And they found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. There's two things, I think, worth noting in their response to this. For one thing, they had walked about seven miles... From Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus. And then they meet Jesus and they turn around and walk back another seven miles. Now seven and seven is fourteen. That's more than half of a marathon. Okay, Now that's a significant distance to walk, right? Fourteen miles. How long would that take you to walk fourteen miles? How fast do you walk? Three miles an hour? I don't know. What is it? Two miles an hour? So you're talking about a significant amount of time, but they had something to share. And even though they had taken that seven-mile journey, they turned around right away and went back to Jerusalem. They had something they, they needed to share. It wasn't the start of the day. This was the end of the day. And they must have been walking in the dark by the time they got back to Jerusalem. But I'll tell you what, when your heart's been burning like that, I would imagine the adrenaline's been flowing, right? you're going on fumes and you're just on your way back and say, you know, there's something we got to share. And what did they share? They said, the Lord has really risen and He has appeared to Simon. Their burdened hearts had become burning hearts that bursted forth with good news. I pray that that would be our experience too as we gather and study the Word of God, that that Word would so transform us, so change us, so burn within us. We've got to share it. My dad used to talk about spiritual heartburn. When you got spiritual heartburn, he said, you got you got to get it out. you got to share it. you got to proclaim it. So we have something to share, don't we? I was listening this morning on the way in on the radio, and I don't know who the speaker was, but he spoke on this text. And I only heard about... What two, three, four minutes, the time it takes from coming from our home to here. And he said something interesting. He said the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association did a study. And they asked the question of unchurched people. If someone were to have a conversation with you about their faith, would you be willing to listen? What do you think the answer to that was? Two percent? 10%, 40%, 50%, 60%. 10%, 40%, 50%, 60%. You know what it was? 78%. 78% of people who are unchurched would be willing to listen if you were to have a conversation about your faith in Jesus. That's amazing. Because we tend to think nobody wants to hear this, nobody wants to listen about the resurrection. About eternal life? <laughs> We've got something to share. Burdened hearts became burning hearts that bursted forth with great joy. May that be for us today as well. God would give us spiritual heartburn. We've got to get it out. We've got to share it. We've got to proclaim the truth of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this glorious picture of of Jesus and what He has done and what He did to change the lives of these two men. Oh God, change us today. Give us burning hearts. Help us to leave differently from when we came this morning. And may You receive all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.